0: I hope you cherish that in your heart. He's he's always there. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. I appreciate having special music. I I was in a church once for 11 months, and there was special music every Sunday morning from the same person. There, there There weren't two. It was one, which was fine, but a lot of people sing for the lord here and that blesses my heart and then i've been in a situation where i am not a soloist but i have led the music before if the one uh song leader was out you were looking at number 2 and and if the pianist was out it was it was uh a cappella and sometimes it was me leading with no pianist, so it was, a, oh, man, I tell you what, I just, we, we can appreciate God's people and how he uses his talent, uh, and we should anyway, but something like that really makes me appreciate the pianist tonight, Amen. Brother Nolan leading the music, and Courtney with the special music. Well, turn in your Bibles tonight to Second Corinthians chapter 1. Verses 3 through 11, we're going to look at a a system of suffering tonight, a system of suffering that God has designed. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. "...who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God." For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing... That as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Ye also helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. A system of suffering we're going to share and look at a different side tonight of it than that which we usually look at. You know, there's a lot of people that are real big on working out and pumping iron. And and some of them get real big. That didn't work for me. I tried it in high school. And I got stronger, but I didn't get bigger. And as a teenager, I did not you couldn't see my strong. I, wa- I wanted you to be able to see my strong, okay? So when I didn't get bigger, I, I just quit. I just said, none of this. They say no pain, no gain. I say all this pain and strain is insane. And, and I just, and I didn't do it very long. But there were others who really hung in there. They hung in there, and I started seeing them get what I didn't get. And, and they, just, they just started to understand something. I mean, day after day or every other day, week after week, man, they're in the gym. They are addicted to the strain and addicted to the pain. But you know what? They come to realize something in all that agony they were going through they realized that they were not being destroyed, but they were actually being developed. I mean, they started seeing good results. It it was all good for them after they saw what was being developed. They were fine with dealing with that pain because of what happened and what came about as a result. And we see tonight that as the Christian goes through suffering, we're going to see that God has good things in store and he uses it for good in our lives. Things that we would call bad, God uses for good. He always wants to use it for good in the child of God that submits to the will of God. If you and I went to the gym together, and we were gonna work out, and I picked up some dumbbells and I just started chunking them at you. And I pick up these ten pound weights and I just pelted you with them like frisbees, that would hurt. That would be some pain. And that pain wouldn't result in any good for you whatsoever. But if I but if but if I went and I spotted you, that's what we called it 30 years ago. Can you give me a spot? I was I was in my garage one time actually before my friend came over to work out with me, he could lift more than me, and I didn't like it. I was bigger than him, and it obviously didn't matter. And so I was trying to lift as much as I could, and that thing was on my chest and starting to roll down to my neck. I needed a spot. I needed some help. So if I threw those weights at you, I mean, it would hurt, and it would be of no good. And the children of God can understand this that the suffering that God allows and the things that he may even send our way of a difficult nature, they are never just to hurt the child of God. They're to help the child of God. The Lord isn't in this to destroy us, but to develop you and I. And that's what he uses suffering for. And Paul gets it. Paul knows it. So here we have Paul where in the first letter he's writing to them based on their sin and what's going on in the church. And he begins the second letter and he knows that he's writing to sufferers. In the initial stages of this book he is addressing them for the suffering they go through and he immediately writes a word of praise to God. So we're going to start right out and understanding that we can praise God in suffering. If you look at verse 3, that's what we see, praise and suffering. When Paul says, blessed be God, that word means to praise. It means to speak well of, to speak well of God, to give Him praise. We can do this because in our trials we have a source of mercy and we have a source of comfort for us and we find that in our god he is the god of all comfort so paul just can't wait to get past the opening salutations here and in the initial greetings to burst forth in a fountain of blessings that can pour out on these suffering christians so that they might give praise To God. That's what He does for us as we deal with the difficulties in life. Know that He is always helping us through our problems in life, and it's something that we can praise God for. There is mercy that will show up in the most miserable time in the midst of our calamity. There is comfort that comes from God. And Paul's not just exclaiming these words, He's saying them from experience paul had an experience we we speak well and highly of paul for the Christian life that he lived and the faithfulness that he had. And we know all the sufferings that he went through. In in this book of the Bible, 2 Corinthians 11, you can find a list of many things that Paul suffered through, and yet he was faithful. And it was because of this comfort of God and this mercy of God that he had upon Paul, and he wants this church to discover it. And he wants them to be able to embrace the good that God is up to in the midst of our difficulties. We sometimes just focus on the pain and we might even ask why when God is really up to something good in the midst of it. But let's look at the passing in suffering in verse 4. We'll read it in a second, but we see already that our troubles are counteracted by God's divine comfort. You know, he can ease the pressure. He can ease the pressure by changing things in the circumstances. But he can also help us with the pressure by doing nothing to the circumstances but changing things in the Christian one way or another there is success for the child of god through suffering he will change our situation or maybe our situation will not change but he will change us and he will strengthen us in all that we go through he told paul my grace is sufficient for thee and he didn't change his circumstance for paul but let's look at at this passing of suffering because God doesn't give us comfort just to pacify us. It's not to pacify us, but so that we can pass it on for His glory. Okay? So we have a part in this system of suffering that God has. Look at verse 4. It says that He comforteth us in all our tribulation that we may be able to be a comfort to them who are in any trouble." Our experience from God is intended and to be extended to someone else because we have a personal testimony and we have a personal experience of what God does for us in the midst of our trials and in the midst of our problems. And we're to take that experience and we're to be a help. ...to someone else in a time of need in what they go through. We're designed in this to be effective encouragers to others in in what they go through. You know, we don't know how another feels but a lot of times we're in the same arena of suffering that someone else is in, or we have been through the same arena of suffering, and someone else may, may feel different. We I don't think we can say, I know how you feel, it, no matter how close the situation, but we're close enough to be able to help. There are common troubles that we go through, and God uses us in those times. You know, when a, when a member of the church, maybe, has a spouse that moves on to glory, which is a glorious thing for them, but but their absence causes a certain sorrow. And next thing you know, here comes someone else who has gone through the same thing with a spouse moving on to glory, and they're able to be an encouragement to one another and to help each other. During our painful past. God seems to send someone along it. You know, it, it may be the loss of a child. Someone has lost a child and there's a couple that who has never talked about losing their child before. We you didn't even know they lost their child, but they end up being a comfort to that immediate sufferer in the losing of their child or it may be cancer or it may be disease or it could be any number of things that we share a little bit of a commonness in that we are able to be of some help to them god has a way of placing people in similar pains on the same path for the purpose of passing on the very comfort that he has given us. It's a divine design by God. But as we consider suffering and a relation and a help for us, may we consider the Lord Jesus Christ and the suffering he went through. Paul said he wanted to know the sufferings of Christ in another book. And and we can know some sufferings of Christ, but we'll never know the suffering of the cross No one has striven unto blood the way the Lord Jesus did. We will not know what these things that are spoken of in Isaiah 53, where it speaks of Jesus being despised and rejected. Not in the way that he was anyway. Jesus has many names. And one that we find in that Isaiah 53 is that Jesus was a man of sorrows and that he suffered for you and I he was acquainted with grief is what it says he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed now now he and he's one that can say i know how you feel and I believe when I read Hebrews 4.15, I just, I just hear that not out loud, but to my heart, if you will, from the word of God. God speaks through his word and he knows how we feel in all that we go through. He has suffered in every point that we have and then some. So let us consider the person of suffering in the Lord Jesus Christ and the suffering that, that he has gone through the innocence of his suffering. And you know, I know that none of us are good and we're not innocent in a general sense, but maybe there have been occasions where we are. Maybe there have been events where we've been innocent. And doesn't it make you want to just reach down with them? It makes you want to go down with someone who's right, even when they've been treated wrong, and be there for them. And that's what we've been called to do. We, we need to get this. Paul wants Corinth to get this and see the privilege of suffering for Christ's sake. We suffer as a witness and we're persecuted just because we know Jesus Christ. We go through general suffering that comes about in life, or maybe there's some specific suffering, and God is doing a work in all of this. Consider him who has suffered. But not only that, consider his solace. And when I say solace, I'm simply talking about his comfort or I'm talking about his consolation. We see that Jesus is a person of of suffering and he's a person of solace. And we need to consider what's going on in our difficulty aside from the hurt. There's some help that is going on for the child of God any measure of difficulty he allows us to go through he's got mercy there for us any type of pain we're experiencing he has just a, he has plenty of peace there for us to be able to endure and to be able to make it through it when someone experiences hurt or even when you're experiencing hurt yourself we I don't have to tell you that that we're going to think about the hurt some. We do. But let us think about the help. Let us consider the help that we have from God that we know we have as a result of His Word. So we have a perception also of suffering and solace just as well as the person of suffering and solace. Let's go and read one now, verse 6. It says, And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. You know, Paul can be perceiving in the very moment that the Holy Spirit is leading him to write on this system of suffering to Corinth, he can be perceiving of the connection that's being made through the suffering that he's been through and what God is able to use him for in the lives of Corinth and their suffering that they are going through. Paul has suffered loss and hurt so that he might go to them and help them that they wouldn't lose heart and that's what you and i need to think of in the midst of what we go through there is an assembly line that's going on here that god would have us to take our experiences for his glory using them in someone else's life that good could come out of our difficulty and see so god has a plan in this suffering but he uses all of us in it all of us are signed up for the system and we're to be a part of it and it and it's going to take us going through god's will in submission and humility before god in the midst of our suffering so that we might see that final product every single child of god is important in this system it kind of reminds me of when I went to the Blue Bell factory in Brenham and I watched them I watched them go through this quick freeze process. That ice cream comes down in a carton and the liquid and in liquid and it goes through a 15 second process and it's frozen solid when it comes out. And then it goes to the store and when it's on sale I can go buy it and I sit and I watch my favorite show eating bluebell ice cream. Somebody, somebody can read, you're not just laughing like that's funny. You're like relating to that. We, we like our ice cream. So, uh, so as I was watching this process though, um, am I remember this guy and he's right there by the conveyor where it goes through and it pours in and he's putting container after container on that conveyor. And I'm thinking, man, I'm thankful for this guy. He's got an important job. But then there's someone else with a pallet of containers here, and they're cutting the shrink wrap, and they're taking those containers, and they're setting them down at arm's reach of the guy who is in charge of watching the conveyor for it to go through. And then that pallet comes by someone having a pallet jack, and their job is to bring the cartons. You have somebody bringing the cartons. You have somebody tearing it down and setting them up. And then you have the guy that's watching to make sure all the containers go through level every single one of those jobs are important if you ask me but because it ends up getting something in me i I like to eat it until there's frost on my belly sometimes i mean those jobs are very important okay but it's nothing compared to what God has in a divine assembly line of generation after generation of Him using suffering and people being able to see a picture of what God does through suffering, that these difficult things come along, but they stay the course and it can be seen so that someone else can see the amazing, great things that God does for someone in their time of difficulty. Look, kids need to see... Mom and dads hang in there through the difficulties of life and show them how God takes them through it. They need to be able to picture and remember grandma and grandpa staying steadfast through everything. They need to learn how how to make application of the comfort of God in their life because it's a thing that he wants to be glorified through and he wants his children to be successful as they go through sufferings in life. He wants us to experience victory no matter what we're going through. He wants us to be able to show people that He is God and that He is almighty. and He wants them to get this perception of suffering and solace. Look at the partaking of suffering and solace in verse 7. It says, And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the suffering... So shall ye also be of the consolation. When we see what God does for us, when we submit to the Lord, and others see it, look, that's their hope in a picture. We can preach to them all day, but to but to put on, to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and to walk through these times, these difficult times to show another generation that there's something more than computers. There's Christ and there's Christ taking us through our calamities and there's victory. We do not have to be moved as a result of the pain and the problems that we go through. People need to see what God can accomplish in our lives. They need to learn to ride the storm out with God. Let's look at the perseverance through suffering in verses 8 and 9. Paul says, we wouldn't have you to be ignorant, brethren, uh, of the trouble which came to us in Asia. There was a church, and I don't know exactly what the church was going through, but they were going through such a difficult time that a letter got sent out in the mail to every member. And... And one man's adult daughter, who was a member of the church, lived across the street from him. And he didn't want her to know of the difficulties that was going on. So he went over and got her letter out of the mailbox. And he took it so that she wouldn't get it. And she wouldn't know of these problems that were happening. But guess what? The Lord healed the lord gave victory the lord mended the issue that was going on and she never she never got to get a sight of it she never got to see that experience of what god was doing and paul says we're not hiding what we went through in asia you know concerning these troubles because the he was glad that it was showing them them something Paul tells of the initial reaction of that great suffering. What does he say here? That look, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. Look, in his in their initial reaction, it's like they're saying about these problems in Asia. Look, this is. This is the end for us. I just don't know how we can go on. I don't know how we can live anymore. I don't know how we can survive this. This is just horrible. It is too much for me. But, he, but there's also the telling of the ultimate results of this suffering. As, and I'll just say it like this right here in verse 9. But in God which raiseth the dead. Wow. What... What a what a transition they came from in where they were in their heart and my mind and their mind that you can relate to very possibly with what you've been through in life. But God had brought perseverance through this suffering. The very thing that would have wasted Paul was a mighty thing that was used in the lives of someone else to encourage them. Paul saw his complete helplessness in this amazing, great trial that he went through. And he saw God's helpfulness in the midst of it all. I think of a testimony I heard of a mom and a dad and a 14-year-old daughter. And the mom and the dad were going through some heavy tribulation of some sort. They had a big problem they were going through. And they were trying to work out their problem. And they ended up coming to their daughter. And they said, look honey, I'm sorry. We have worked and we have worked on this. But this isn't going to work. We just give up. And that 14 year old girl said, mom and dad. You have raised me to believe in a God who can raise the dead, and you can't find success and victory in this situation? Well, when you think, when you think about anything and everything we might go through, and you think about the power of God that raises the dead, there's success for you and I. There is perseverance for the child of God. Look, suffering transfers from error of self-confidence to savior confidence. It does that for us. Learning to lean and depend on the Lord... It's a lifelong thing for many Christians. I remember granddaddy saying after he had pastored a church for 40 years and been retired for 10 years and sitting at home, and he said, I have learned to depend on the Lord more now than I ever did pastoring a church for 40 years. So it's a lifelong growing thing of really leaning on those everlasting arms of God, if you will. And the things that we go through in life show God. It shows how powerful God is. When we are, think we're completely dead and we're spent and there's nothing that we can do, thank God when we see that because we can look to Him and He makes a way. We can persevere in Him. I was reading the book by Vance Havner and he made a statement, The wealthiest man is he who has suffered the most for Christ. He goes on to say, Today, many wear medals, but few wear scars. The picture of perseverance is going to be seen in the one with plenty of scars who still praises their Savior. That's a, that's a hero right there. That's a spiritual hero right there. And that's what God has in store for us. For our lives, so that it can be for someone else's life. And ultimately, it's for God's glory. It shows who He is. There's a promise of suffering that we can see in verse 10. He delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver, in whom we trust, that He will yet deliver us. You know, God's deliverance is not only from sin so that we can go to heaven. God delivers in this life. God God sustains us and he delivers us from trials or he delivers us while we're in the trial in this life. We see three tenses there. We see, we see a past tense, a present tense, and a future tense. You could think of Paul's sufferings in the past. You can think of Corinth's sufferings that we're currently looking at. And you can think of our sufferings today. And the same God who caused God, who caused Paul to persevere through his time of punishment and problems has the same power to do the same for you and I today. If you're here tonight and you've trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have been saved. Guess what? You are being saved also. And you one day, you shall be saved, okay? God is constantly in the saving business, saving us through our trials as well as saving us from our sin there's a promise there's a promise of deliverance and it hasn't lost a bit of power from paul to the present romans eight thirty two says if god spared not his only son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him also freely give us all things We might amaze ourselves sometimes for the fact that we do believe. We believe that Christ died for us. We believe he suffered for us and it has given us as a gift eternal life. He died for the sins of the world for everyone. And then to take a time of trouble that we're going through, which is so much less then what he did for the sins of the world and for us to faint or lose heart, it could happen to the best of children of God. We need to be encouraged. We need to be lifted up. Children of God need to stand on the promise of God that he is saving us right now. We are being delivered. Whether we're in it, whether he's delivering us out of it, he's a deliverer. God has a system through suffering that works. It's designed to last until we don't need it anymore. And there is a day that we when we're not going to need it any longer. He's going to come to the clouds And we're all going to go and meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And there is no suffering in that day. There are no more pains in that day. He no longer has to be savior in that day. He's judge. He's going to be judge of the earth. But he has saved us. And he is taking us out of all of this one day. So the suffering saint needs to stand on the promises of God. For what God has done on the cross for us, for what God is going to do in the rapture and in the midst, he would like to show his power through you and I. Paul says it this way in 2 Timothy 1.12, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom... I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Paul looked at the bigger picture and the power of God's salvation and knowing that there was deliverance. We'll close with with prayer through suffering in verse 11. It says, ye also helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. You know, by this system God has in suffering, we grow closer to Jesus. We're really closer to Him when we depend more on Him, when there's nowhere else we can go but to Him. We get closer to Jesus In a time of suffering. And we get closer to one another. God uses. Suffering. That we. Might be more in unity. As a family of God. It's hard to be divided with people you're loving and praying for. You know Romans. I'm thinking about a message in Romans. Where it says. To weep with those who weep. And rejoice with those who rejoice. And during. During this time of suffering, we see a system that the saints are to be a part of. We can be used in the life of another. And it blesses the people of God. It brings the people of God together. There's a passing on of Christ's comfort to fellow Christians. There's, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, the Bible says. And that speaks of getting up underneath and lifting another up in their time of suffering. We've had common suffering so that we can go to one another and do that. We've had these things happen because God has a system of using us to build up and to help one another. You think of the sufferings we go through and we consider the victories that God has given and, you, and, and there just might be a child of God who, who might say, I just really haven't ever been in this circle of this. Uh, some people are more private than others, and, and there's a certain respect to have in that. But also, God has designed a plan that we be able to lift up one another and help one another through what we're going through. And if you're here tonight and you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you're not really in this system, God wants you in it. He wants you in it. You're going to be encouraged and you're going to be comforted from God, from someone else, and you're going to be that comforter for someone else in a time of need. Would you realize tonight if that's missing in your life? And would you submit to God's plan his system of suffering. And if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God has a wonderful plan to save you from your sins. And not only that, but there's more than Facebooking somebody and writing RIP when someone dies. There's more for you. There's more help for you than that. God has a system of helping you in your time of suffering. But you must first see ...that Jesus Christ suffered for your sins. He suffered and he bled and he died in your place. It's a love you can't understand. It's a love that that is just... ...it sounds too good to be true. That's what the lost man who's still lost today... ...told me one time. That's just too good to be true. Well, it is true. And he suffered in your place. And you can trust him as Lord and Savior. You can't be a part of this plan... ...in any way whatsoever before realizing the one who suffered for you and trusting Jesus, trusting Him to save you from your sins. We're going to go to the Lord in a word of prayer now. And and whatever God would, would have you to do, whatever submitting there is that you see a need of in your life, you haven't really laid your burden upon the Lord to help. Therefore, you, can't, you haven't really gone to someone else and been that spiritual encourager that God has in store for you. If you're obsolete of these things, it may be that you're just, you truly haven't entered the family of God because that's God's design for his family. So if you haven't received the one who suffered for all your sins, may you trust him tonight. And know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Let us pray. Father in heaven, Lord, as we come before your presence and we consider how weak and how frail we can be in a time of difficulty, and Lord, we might even see our failure. We might even see our failure of looking too much at the hurt and not to our heavenly help, looking too much at the pain. And not at your promise. Dear God. Help us within. In a time of difficulty. We go through. Lord there could be one on the way right now. But we have your promises to stand on. We have your word. To renew our mind. About the bigger picture. And what you're doing. For your children. In their time of suffering. And Lord, if there be any here tonight who knows not the one who suffered for all their sins in their place so that they wouldn't have to suffer hell, dear God, I pray that they would come to the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that they would know Jesus personally, cast their mind of every doubt and every wondering and give them peace with you